And since this is a an introduction class and also a how to build up a practice class and also how to find balance in the world class, um, I guess I'll yeah make it as kind of basic and simple as possible, kind of from the ground up. Um, so again, I was a Buddhist monk for eight years, so I lived in a monastery. And in the monastery, we practiced every morning. We had kind of morning meditation, and it was at five in the morning. So you know, we'd wake up, and it doesn't really matter what time you went to bed the night before. Um, sometimes kind of half asleep, and oftentimes like completely asleep. You'd kind of put your robe on and go downstairs and sit in our meditation hall. Um, and you know, there's times right that you're you're more with it than others. Um, you know, occasionally I'd peek around and you'd see the other monks kind of like drifting off. And we had one um, very young monk, and he was famous for like actually just falling over and to sleep and crashing into you know we had like little ceremonial bells and things. You just hear this big crash of instruments suddenly, and he just snoring away. Um, so you know, having this routine in which you say like every day at five we go and sit and meditate. It definitely was supportive in terms of it kind of got your butt in the seat. It got you there in the place to meditate. But I would not say that I, probably in the eight years of the monastery, I maybe once or twice had actually what I would call, um, you know, successful meditations or powerful meditations, meditations that really kind of served their purpose in the sense of really bringing the mind to a more subtle place. Um, for me, it seemed that those meditations were much more about discipline. Those meditations were much more about getting up in the mornings, almost like starting your day with that act of discipline and um, overcoming something. Um, people in the military, they often, you know, they make their bed every morning, kind of as that act of, you know, a small victory every morning or to do something every morning. So, to do meditation every day at the same time, it has a supportive aspect to it. Um, but there's also the component of wisdom that is needed. So when I left that monastery and I went to Australia to another monastery, and I was there for three months, um, and this monastery has a completely different structure to my first one, we had the entire day free. And the way that the monastery worked there is you have, there's breakfast at 5 a.m., there's lunch at 11, there's no dinner, and that's it. Those are the times that you're with people, otherwise you're alone in your hut. Um, and you're in your hut alone. So pretty much 20 hours of the day just sitting alone in the Australian outback in my little hut. you know. Um, and it was during that time that I noticed for myself that you know, I would kind of wake up slowly, um, and around 10 o'clock in the morning, my mind started to kick in. And then I would sit and I'd have really powerful meditations from 10 to 11, and then it was lunchtime there. And then I'd come back and the food was digesting and I'd get sleepy, and kind of the whole afternoon was a bit of like a sleepy, foggy feeling. And then around maybe like 5, 6 o'clock in the afternoon, um, I started to again get my bearings again. My mind was able to kind of focus and relax again. And then into the night is when my meditations would get really strong. And some of the most powerful meditations I had were actually more like midnight, one in the morning, two in the morning, three in the morning. So nights that I went through the night and meditated. Um, 
there's something about the natural quiet of everything, that when everything is already coming down, your system is coming down, it's when the practice is kind of supported by that. Um, for me personally, so I know people that the morning is their best meditation, right? So each of us, I would say, has different times that really work better for us. So um, if you say, I'm going to meditate every day when I first wake up, and you could do that, but maybe you're going to have a horrible meditation every morning, and you'll think, oh, I'm just a horrible person, right? My mind is a mess. I can't do it. I can't meditate. But actually, maybe if you had tried setting that at 10 o'clock every day, you'd have amazing meditations, but simply because you're at work during that time or you're doing something else, you never could make that experience, right? Um, so there's ways that having a, a regularly scheduled practice is very supportive, especially if you feel like you're too busy to practice, then like, of course, make a time, schedule it as an appointment with yourself. Yeah, so the same way that you would make an appointment with somebody else, we also have to schedule appointments with ourselves into our calendars. And that way also if somebody is like, oh, can you, like, sorry, I have an appointment. And you don't have to tell them it's an appointment with yourself, but you can just say, I have an, I'm busy. You know? And also it's nice to even create a little space where you do your meditation. I know when I was in college, I had like a little room that I rented out. Um, but I bought a strip of carpet at Home Depot and a little lamp and a little Buddha statue. And I just had this little area kind of only a little bit bigger than you know, my sitting body was. So maybe just a little four foot area. Um, but I knew that was my spot. And I meditated when I began. I just meditated once a week, Wednesday nights for 15 minutes. So as simple or bare bones as you could make it. Just once a week I would sit for 15 minutes in my bedroom and meditate, and it was great, and it's what started building my own practice. Um, so for beginner beginners, so it's also like, what are we even talking about? What is meditation even about? Um, I would, there's many ways to talk about it and to get us to that place. Um, it's kind of like trying to explain to somebody how you ride a bike. Um, so it's kind of that same thing in terms of how do we balance our mind? Because if you think about it, when you're riding your bike, you're kind of active and you're engaged, but you're also relaxed. You're, you're like very relaxed on the bike, but you're also kind of like alert and you're keeping yourself on the wheels. So meditation, it's exactly that process. There's the sense of uprightness, right? We're sitting here, we're awake, we're aware of what's going on, but then also we relax. And what starts to happen is that the awareness, our mindfulness, is upright and alert, but then everything else starts to kind of relax and even disappear around it. So we'll be sitting here and slowly maybe the room will start to disappear. We won't really notice the room. And then you'll be sitting here and then maybe you won't really notice your body anymore. And then after a while, maybe you don't notice your thoughts. And slowly, it's kind of that you move into a subtler and subtler place in your own mind. And that's kind of the direction, is that we're just moving from, from gross to subtle. Yes, we're moving into the more subtle aspects of our human experience, which I would call our awareness, our perception, our, our state of being. Right. So I always say we're human beings, but we're always very focused on the human part. And we're not very often just being. So this is kind of starting to shift our attention back to just that state of being. 
Um, so that's what meditation is. And then the next question is, well, how does one do that? And there's almost as many different methods to do that as there are people to practice those methods. Each one of us needs a little bit of something different to get us. Again, if you're trying to ride a bike, maybe somebody's falling too much to the right, so you have to say to them, well, try leaning to the left. But maybe the other person's falling over to the left, and you have to say, well, try leaning to the right. Maybe there's somebody that's able to balance, but it's not working because you're like, well, you're not moving. You have to start moving. And maybe there's other people that they jump on the bike and they kind of start moving, and the bike just flips over and it falls, and you're like, well, you have to go slower. Right? So if you were kind of like a student and you were hearing a teacher speak, and you hear that teacher say, go right, go left, go faster, go slower, you'd say, this is ridiculous, you're contradicting yourself. Yeah, but actually it's that each person needs something different. Each one of us needs something different to get to that place of balance in ourselves. To get to that place where we're able to just be aware and relaxed, to really let go, but still to be here. Because when you normally in life just let go, that's called sleeping, right? We let go, but then the awareness lets go too. So how to kind of let everything fall, like when you're going to sleep, but you're keeping the awareness lit, so to say, upright. Um, so for this class, and for actually all of my classes, um, I usually lead a guided meditation. So I kind of lead us into that place, and then I leave everybody there to kind of experience it. The way that I guide my meditations is that I start by having people relax their body, feel their bodies, because our body, um, again, when we talk about gross and subtle, our body is one of the grossest parts of our experiential selves, right? This physical form, yeah? So you can see it, you can feel it. If you hit it on something, it makes a noise. So if you tell somebody to relax their mind, they maybe don't know what you're talking about, but if you say relax your body, then it's like, oh yeah, I can do that. You, you know how to use your body, right? So beginning with feeling our body, relaxing our body in stages, it starts to bring the mind, gives it a focus. Again, if you watch your mind ever during a normal day, even if you're looking at your own mind right now, maybe you'll notice that your mind is jumping from thing to thing to thing. You hear noises outside, you feel it feels weird in here, you hear the fan going on thinking, what is this class about? What is this guy talking about? What am I doing here? This chair feels really weird. This, what is happening? This is funny. That the mind just jumps and jumps and jumps. And as much as we feel like we are in control of our experience, as much as we feel like I control my life, you can't control your mind first. Try to control your mind. Try not to think. Yeah. Or try just to listen to what I'm saying. Yeah. Or try to feel love always. Yeah that if we really had control over our minds, we should be able to do all these things, but we can't. So the mind is not something you can control forcefully or with force, like the body, you know, if you want to raise your hand, you could kind of put your intention there and you can raise your hand. But same thing, if I say to you, stick out your hand, but then leave it out there for two hours, you'd say, well, I can't. Right? But maybe if somebody who's trained, maybe a bodybuilder, somebody, if they do that, they could maybe do that. They have more success because they've built up that, that muscle. They know the conditions that they've built up to be able to do that. So meditation, it's very much a, um, a condition-based process. 
So I don't expect everyone, once I start the meditation, to sit here and suddenly drop into the state of profound peace and you're going to just stay there until I leave and you're going to be like, wow, you know, like floating out of the room. Yeah. So it's actually more that we're going to start building up the momentum, building up the conditions for that to happen. Um, in the natural world, everything is conditional-based. Yeah, so a flower, it's a seed plus water plus earth plus sunlight. You put all these conditions together and then the plant grows. Yeah, so everything is conditions coming together to create a result. Yeah, our body, it needs air, it needs water, it needs food, it needs genetic material that had to be born, right? It needs to have this earth, the atmosphere, it needs to kind of have all these things and then this body can exist. Yeah, you take out the sun, you take out water, and suddenly the body just collapses, doesn't work anymore. So everything around us and within us is condition-based. It's a, a, a bunch, a conglomeration, many things coming together to create and sustain it. So our meditation, it's going to be the same way, right? Again, like riding a bike. Yeah, so our meditation is the same way, that you're going to sit and you're going to need to be able to start to relax, you're also going to need to start to develop the ability to observe that your mind's going to be running, and that's okay, but also there's a certain detachment that starts coming up, a certain spaciousness, that you'll sit here, you'll start thinking about something that happened yesterday, and then you'll kind of come back to sitting here again. Yeah, And the spaciousness would then be just to sit and remain. Yeah, A lot of people, if they're sitting and they start thinking and they come back, then they start saying, ah, oh, fuck, I was just supposed to be meditating and I got lost in thoughts and I can't do, you know. They compound it by thinking more about it and making stress for themselves. So actually, the conditional way to do it would be that if your mind leaves and then it comes back, when, as soon as your mind comes back, just relax and allow yourself to be here because our minds wander away because they're not happy. So believe it or not, because a mind is discontent, it will move. So anytime you find that your mind is wandering, it's because you're discontent. Because a contented mind is present. If you're ever on the beach in Florida and you're relaxing, you're super present. Ah, oh, it's nice to be here. You're in a nice bath. Ah, oh, it's nice. Nice food, nice music, ah, oh, nice company. You're just there, naturally, right? But if you just put in a room like this where there's really not much happening, it's not really exciting, it's just, you know, me and, you know, you guys, you know, we're just here and there's nothing, there's not even nice artwork on the walls, there's not just white space, hard floor, there's nothing here. Yeah, the mind, it wants to search, it's like, this is nothing for me, and it wants to search happiness. It wants to be distracted, it wants stimulation, it wants, it wants, it wants, it wants, and it keeps spinning. And when you sit and close your eyes, you're going to watch that mechanism happening that your mind's going to be wanting something else, wanting to plan something, wanting to feel control, wanting to feel safe, wanting to feel pleasure, fantasies, or it'll feel pain, or it'll feel discomfort, right? Wanting to not have discomfort in its experience, wanting to feel comfortable, right? So the want, diswant, want, diswant, it's not even a word, but you know what I mean, yeah? So the wanting and not wanting, that's kind of the fuel that keeps making the mind run and run and run and run. So when you start to practice, you'll start to notice your mind doing that. And that's simply the first time that you're shining the light of awareness on that mechanism that's running all the time in your mind, that's actually controlling you, believe it or not.
yeah, that your mind is controlling you. It's like a horse that's out of control and it's pulling you along and you don't even really notice it. Yeah, so slowly we start to realize that this wanting things to be different, wanting to have something we don't have, wanting to get something, get rid of something we do have. Yeah, that's kind of the base of the whole thing. And when we start to sit and meditate, it's really a practice of building up contentment, feeling like this is enough right here. I am enough. Yeah, I'm allowed. I deserve to be happy. Happiness exists in this moment. I don't need anything else. Yeah, everything's fine. I have pain in my leg. That's fine. I'm a little bit hungry. That's fine. I'm bored. That's fine. Oh, there's a noise outside. That's fine. I don't think I could do this. That's fine. I'm doubting. That's fine. I'm judging myself. That's fine. That whatever comes up, you just have to start to say, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And slowly, all those impulses just start to settle down. And you start to feel more comfortable, more safe in the present moment. And you start to make the experience that happiness is possible just here without anything. Yeah, that the little itches and little pains and stuff, they're not going to kill you. It's okay. You know, and also you'll start to feel more peaceful, more relaxed, more content. And that creates a positive feedback loop. So the more that it starts to feel okay to sit here, the more you're able just to relax and just be, the more the mind will enjoy it. And again, like I said before, when the mind enjoys something, it naturally just starts to become present. Yeah, so the more that we actually start to build up the positive sense of being here, the more the mind will want to be here. And then the more the mind is here, then the more it also, again, starts to relax. And the more it relaxes, then the more it wants to be here. So when you get to some of the, you know, what I would call maybe the higher levels of meditation, it's like a rocket that just takes off because the mind is so happy to be present and the mind is present because it's happy that those two things just start feeding off of each other and it goes all by itself. Yeah, so... At the beginning of meditation, it's something called applied effort, right? So you're, you're sitting here, you're relaxing, the mind goes off, then the mind comes back and you breathe and you relax. You kind of have like a focus and a, you're, you know, you're not controlling, you're not forcing the mind, but you're kind of relaxing into it, feeding it positivity, giving it a reason to want to be here. So you're, um, you're kind of actively inactive, if you will, or you're actively giving space and gentleness and love and openness and reasons for the mind to want to hang out. Um, and then you're going to slowly transition to something called sustained. And sustained is that the mind will start to do that by itself. That you'll really just start to relax and it'll just be happening. You don't have to do anything. It just feels good to be here, so it's just going to want to be here. And then after that, it actually takes off by itself and then it's like, you know, the deepest meditations I've had, it's like the mind, I lose control. The mind just shoots down this tunnel and it's, I'm just a witness. I'm a, I'm a passenger. And as it kind of drops to these incredibly deep places, you know. Um, but yeah, so for something that what I would call like a beginner's class or like an easy class at the beginning. So that's just the overview of kind of the direction we're moving in. But really for the class today, and again, I'll lead us to that place of feeling more or less comfortable and relaxed and sitting here. But I would say the goal for today, it's to really start practicing the ability just to be present and the ability to really feel like it's okay and it's enough. And again, you'll sit, your mind's going to wander, 
and then your mind's going to come back and then you're just going to breathe and relax and it's going to go off again and it's going to come back and you breathe and relax and the more that you kind of just breathe and relax every time the mind returns it'll start to say okay it's actually not so bad here yeah so don't try to push those thoughts away just kind of every time the mind returns all by itself just to breathe deep into your belly especially just to breathe and relax and just allow it and slowly it'll just make more sense yeah you'll feel it meditation's a feeling thing you feel your way in okay i think that's often why like there's only like women in the classes that i go it's just it's more about like feeling right yeah it's just feel your way in so yeah with that um I guess I'll lead us in a meditation. It'll be about 20 minutes. It'll feel much shorter. And again, all you have to do is just be comfortable or as comfortable as you can be. So in these human bodies, unfortunately, there's pain receptors and nerves. And as we get older, it gets creakier and tighter. And you know, so it's kind of get as comfortable as you can be to a point. So aim for like 70, 80% comfort. And then if you're like not completely comfortable, then that's the part that you have to just accept, right? So searching for that middle place.